Welcome back everyone. You are tuned into the Abide Podcast with your girl. It is Michelle Salana. I am, as always, super excited to be here and to share this word with you. That's correct. Listen, if you are new to the podcast, if you're new to my YouTube channel, I would like to take this moment to just welcome you and say the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So this is not a mistake. It is not by your might, nor by your abilities. Maybe you clicked somewhere on Instagram and you found yourself here, but even that was God ordering your steps. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. But anyway, guys, I am super excited to get into this word. I'm super excited to get into today's word. As always, man, I just feel like I always say I'm super excited, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like when I was preparing this one and I wasn't even planning on preparing it when it, when it came to me, I was genuinely just reading for myself and just fellowshipping with God. And it just struck me, man. It hit me. And I remember this morning cause I, I, I prepared it, you know, and I just started crying because I was just so joyful that I get to share and partake in the things of God, that I get to share the word of God with his children, that, you know, he trusts me with his hearts and also the souls of the people listening. Um, I mean, I was even just looking at the podcast and we're almost close to 10,000 listens. And I'm just like, what? When did we get here, man? But anyway, I'm just super excited and super honored to be able to do this. But let us get into today's word. But before we get into today's word, channel, have y'all bought the devotional? Y'all know, y'all know that's right. The Devo went live on the 1st of Feb. It is available for purchase at only 75 bucks. Um, such an honor to be able to capture God's heart in that manner and share God's love with you guys. So make sure you uh, purchase the Devo. If you want the link, it will be in the description box below. So go and click down there. And also, if you want to get, you know, some cool coaching slash mentorship to walk with me and just be edified with me in a group setting, uh, we are doing Abide in the Morning, which is a program I'm running every Monday of every month. Okay, where we're doing basically spiritual growth and also personal development kind of talks and words that I'll be teaching. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you click in the description, uh, the link that will be in the description box. So make sure that you are tuned into everything I'm doing, child, because it's about to be big and you don't want to miss out. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, let's get into today's episode. Today, I want to talk to you guys about the benefits of creating an environment for the Lord to dwell in. That's correct. Today, we need to learn to create an environment because a lot of people come to me, you know, DMs, conversations. How do you, how, how do I know? How do I do it? How do I measure? How do I, how do I, how do I? And listen, I, I appreciate these questions because also, as you can tell, they help with content, but it's a sore spot because I'm like, God, your children clearly are not catching it. They're not catching the drift. So the Lord was like, let them equip them because that's my mission. I want to equip and empower. How do we then? Create an environment for the Spirit of God to dwell, right? And that's what it's going to be about today. We're going to be reading from the book of Exodus chapter 33 from verse 7 to 11. Are you all ready? Let's get it. Now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp, far away from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to that tent of meeting, uh, which was outside of the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, ooh, all people would rise and stand, each at his own tent door, and watch Moses until he entered the tent of meeting. 
Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the doorway. Oh, I want you to highlight the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the doorway of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tent door, all the people would rise and worship Ah, oh, Moses' worship and meeting with God would induce other people to want to rise and worship. Child of God, your worship of God, your living for God, your seeking of God could induce and help other people finally come to a point where they rise and worship God. This is Bible, man. Oh, and so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his attendant, Joshua, his attendant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole Joshua aspect of things because that's also so deep and I wouldn't be able to cover it throughout this entire podcast episode. So today we're just going to look at creating an environment for the presence of God to dwell. Remember, this is the Abide podcast, hey? Here we are about dwelling in the Lord. We are about being attached to the vine that is Jesus Christ because we understand that without him we are nothing. In him we live, we move, we find our being, right? And this is literally, that scripture, this scripture speaks to this. Now, as we move and as we read through the scripture, we see and we are told that Moses took a tent, right? And he left. So there was an enclosure and there was an environment and, and in a community, you know, a little campsite that the Israelites had created. And bear in mind, there were a lot of them, millions of them. There was a lot, they were a nation. They weren't called a tribe, they were a nation with many tribes within itself. So you can imagine how big this community, you know, they had built with tents. So what we're told here is that Moses left that space. He left that community, he left that area and he would take his tent Far away, it says there in verse 7, he would take a tent, his own tent, and pitch it outside of the camp, far away from the camp, right? He made it a point to leave everyone to go out and create an environment where he could be able to meet with God, right? He took a tent and pitched it far away from the camp. What does that mean to us? What does that look like? Moses made sure to leave the noise of the people. Right? He left social media. He left people's opinions. He left his job. He left, you know, governing over people. He left his family. And he, he went to be by himself with God. He left and created, not only to just be, but he left and intentionally created an environment where he could dwell and mix with God. How good. He made sure that he was going to go far away from the encampment so that he couldn't be disturbed. How many times do we sit in our quiet time? How many times do you sit in your Bible time, in your Jesus time, but you bring distractions with you? Ooh, you bring the distractions. Instead of moving away from the things that will distract you, switching off the phone, switching off or don't use the laptop or whatever's going to trigger you, putting your phone on aeroplane mode, whatever you need to do, you bring the distractions with you. Because low-key, you want to be able to blame the distraction in it. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay, okay. We, we bring the distraction because we kind of want to blame the distraction. 
when, when, when the word is taking longer to give us that thing, because you know, as Christians, we are emotionally led sometimes. So if we feel like the word isn't giving the way it's supposed to give in that particular moment, we, we then go on WhatsApp. Then at least you can say, no, but I did my devotion today. No, I read the Bible today. But did you soak yourself in the word? Did you remove distractions so that the cloud could descend upon you? Ah, okay, never mind. We'll, we'll get there. But I just wanted to, to, to emphasize this thing of when we go to God, how do we create this environment? By removing ourselves from distractions. He moved. I can't even imagine how long it took him. I wonder. Because it says that he went far away. And if I'm saying to you that there were basically millions of these people, Millions, hundreds and hundreds of thousands to millions. Because when you read even in Genesis, it says that the nation of Israel was basically innumerable. By the time they left Egypt, there were so many of them. So you can only imagine over the time and the years when they were traveling in the wilderness, how many children had been had in that time. So the nation just kept growing and growing and growing. Do you understand? It got to a point where even him, Moses, couldn't handle how much work he had. And he had to be advised to now get elders who were going to help him lead the nation. What am I getting at? You need to make an effort to create an environment away from the distractions. Listen, we have so many distractions today. Oh, even me, if I just think. I'm the type of person, like, my mind has many tabs. Like, I could be thinking about 700 things at the same time and doing the dishes. Or I could be thinking about 700 things and writing a sermon. It's the dumbest and weirdest thing. But when I am sitting with God, I have to train myself. I have to remove all distractions. I put my phone on airplane mode because I want to be on my phone and on my laptop and on the tablet because I want to open all the versions of the Bible that I can get because I want to open the Greek and the Hebrew. So I need all of the devices. But what do I do? I switch off the Wi-Fi, airplane mode so that I don't get pings because what happens when I get a ping? I get distracted. You know how many times I have to stop myself from recording something while I'm, while I'm in the word and while I'm studying and while I'm talking to God? But it's that, it's that you have to make a decision. I keep saying on this podcast that we just make a decision. That's all it is. How do I do it? Make a decision to choose God over your distractions. To stop, to stop being so easily distracted. If you know you're a person that's easily distracted, remove, remove the things that distract you so that you can focus on that which matters most. Right? Okay. He left the encampment. There were millions of people. So you can imagine that this place is huge. So he, he, he walked to go and set up a place of meeting. What do you need to remove? What do you need to remove? Where do you need to go within yourself to create an environment? Because sometimes the distractions we need to remove are not even physical. They're internal. It's emotional. Thought processes, thought patterns. Think about it. Pray about it. Ask God to reveal these things to you, right? It's so important that if we want the presence of God to dwell, not just come and go, but dwell daily, we need to daily create an environment for him to dwell, okay? Now, another point that kind of stood out to me was that God didn't create the environment for meeting. God didn't pick up the tent and, and go pitch the tent for Moses. Moses took initiative. Moses did the work, took the responsibility upon himself to take his own tent, to take his own tent and go pitch it and make sure that there was a place of meeting. 
right? He did what he needed to do to ensure that there was a place of meeting for him and God. A lot of believers are waiting for God to create the place of meeting. You're waiting for a moment when you feel like reading the Bible. Ah, are you not embarrassed? You're waiting for a moment when you feel like praying. You want to feel like going to church. You want to feel like tithing. You want to feel like giving your first fruits. You want to feel like doing what God is calling you to do. Listen, your feelings, I've said, I said this in a previous episode, one of the episodes that your flesh is in direct opposition to God. Your flesh will never want to do the things of God. So you cannot wait until you feel like doing the things of God. Otherwise, you will never do the things of God. Am I making sense? Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right? Stop waiting for God to institute the moment. He instituted enough when he died for you on the cross and he said, come to me. That was, that was all he needed to do was save your life. Everything after that might, can you, can you get busy? Can you get up out your bed and read your Bible? Can you take initiative and create the environment for the spirit to dwell? Oh no, I don't feel like I have the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know. How do you hear the voice of God? How do you know you're hearing God? How do you know the spirit is? Have you created an environment for him to dwell? Because if you know you're doing your part, there's no way God won't do his. And that's just on period. Let me not get ahead of myself. We, we seem to be expecting God to do everything for us. Like, can we get with the program? Understand that you, there needs to be reciprocity. There needs to be reciprocity. I feel like even as humans, and I'm not saying God is human. He's, he's not. He's way, he's way better than us. Thank goodness he's not human. Can you imagine? You remember how petty God would be at us? Because we stay messing around. But he's so good to us. But he still expects reciprocity, guys. He still expects a level of effort from you. Faith without works is dead. James said it. You, there, there, you need to have a contract. You need to do something. Y'all are out here just sitting waiting for mana to fall. Open the scriptures. I want to hear the voice of God, but you're not opening the Bible. How are you going to hear him? I want to have an intimate relationship with God, but you spend five minutes on the Bible app. Yeah. Hey, let's keep it moving. There's a requirement for you to create the environment and then God will come and dwell. Does that make sense? How can I, how can I illustrate this or make an example? Like, create an environment. Invite me to a, a, a meeting. Invite me for coffee. Create an environment. Misha, I want to hang out with you. You want to hang out with me, but I must, I must plan the day and, and tell you. You know how many of you would be receiving so much from God? A word of wisdom, revelation, understanding, promotion, progression. But you're just not creating the environment for him to give it to you. Oh, you're not creating the environment to receive what God has for you. He wants to give you more of himself, but you're not creating the environment. You can only grow up until the level of the capacity that you create. If you only invest this much time, this is how much return you're going to get. That's, that's simple. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Are you creating an environment to receive more from God? Right? Are you creating an environment to host him? Last week I spoke about the candle. That the candle has no light in and of itself. It requires for a person to, to light the match and then, you know, impute the light upon it. Then it can illuminate. Similarly to us. 
We need to be in an environment conducive and ready and waiting for God to deliver and to rest upon us. Right? Let's, let's get into the benefits of creating said environment. Let's talk about that. Because maybe, I mean, the benefits of having God himself should be enough. The benefit of having the presence of God, like it says here, it says, I think it's verse um, 8, um, uh, 9. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, the people would rise. Sure. Then it jumps and it says, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend. The pillar of cloud represents the presence of God. The pillar of, of, the, the, the pillar of uh, cloud represents uh, the spirit of God. Right? So that should be enough incentive for you. Guys, I don't know. Maybe I'm just greedy when it comes to the things of God. I just want to know him more. At this point, I'm like insatiable. I want to keep knowing God. Hence, I keep going back to study and to learn and to read and to study and to learn and to read. Because there's just so much of him I can never fathom. Right? And what happens? A measure of his spirit, a measure of his presence is imputed on you. He descends and he dwells upon you. That is a benefit. The spirit of God comes upon you. Do you not want that? Oh, this is so good. The word of God is so good. Let's talk about the benefits of creating this environment now. See, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand in the doorway. And the Lord would speak with Moses. There are three points here. The pillar would descend, A. B, it would stand at the door. And C, the Lord would speak to Moses. Oh, okay. One thing you need to understand here is that God honors your effort and desire for him. Listen, it doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just have a desire and a hunger for him. Come to him. And listen, God is so good. He sees your heart. So even if you come and your motives are wrong, he still sees your heart. So make sure that your heart is postured correctly to receive him. Oh, that's another conversation. The posture of your heart as you come to God. Hmm. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. See, when you create an environment for God to come and dwell, he will come, he will descend upon you and he will speak to you. And moreover, he will stand at the door. I'm going to break these three things down because they're so exciting. First thing, descending. Descending, we often see in the Bible when the Holy Spirit is either anointing someone, approving or affirming one of the chosen people of God. We see in the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3 verse 16. Go check it out. When Jesus is being baptized by John. Listen to this. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up of the water immediately. And behold, the heavens opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending, descending, like a dove and ooh, ooh, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. That's see that word descending means it came from above and it descended and it laid as other versions will say and it rested upon him. When we create an environment for God to dwell, he will rest best believe. It's what he wants. Is it Revelations 3.20 where he says, I'm standing at the door knocking, waiting for you to open so that I may come in and dine with you. So you can see there that the intention and the desire of God is to dwell with you. 
He doesn't want some far off thing where you only come on a Sunday. He wants to dwell daily. He wants a relationship with you daily. This is good. This is a word. Jesus did what was right. If you see verse 15 before this, like verse 15 of Matthew chapter 3, it says that when Jesus was, um, when John was saying to Jesus, I can't baptize you. I have no right to touch you. You're God, right? Jesus said, baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Forget about everything else. Let's do this thing to fulfill all righteousness. So what did Jesus do? His righteousness, his obedience created an environment for the spirit of God to dwell upon him. Come on. Do you see what I mean now? You have to do something to create an environment for the spirit of God to dwell. In the same way that you, oh, actually it's not the same way. Because you know what? Your inactivity, your, 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 <laughs> you not doing something to, to, to have the spirit of God dwell in your life invites the presence of demons. This is in the gospels. I'm not talking about, I'm not speaking my own stuff here. This is in the Bible, right? If the Holy Spirit isn't in there, if God isn't guarding the house, guess who's coming? The one, the thief who comes in the night. The thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you don't have the Spirit of God guarding your heart, guarding your spirit, guarding your soul, guarding and protecting your life, guess who's going to come? That is, that is, if there's a benefit of creating the environment for the presence of God, then there is also a disadvantage. And there is also just this, this gap that you create when you haven't created an environment for the Spirit to dwell. Because if the Spirit isn't there, trust and believe, the enemy is going to come in. If you don't listen, listen, you can remove bad things from your life. But if you don't, re if you don't replace them with good things, guess what's going to happen? They're going to come right back. This, this is similar to when you're trying to build good habits and you know, you've had bad habits, but you just stop doing the bad thing, but you don't replace it with a good thing. It's not going to work out. There needs to be a counter taking place. So if the spirit of God is there, guess who can't be there anymore? Demons can't be there anymore. Ooh, sin can't be there anymore. The pursuit of sin can't be there anymore. Come on. I hope you guys are getting this. Your, your lack of creating or your inability or your, your desire to not, or your laziness. I think that's what it is. Your laziness. Not, not having discipline to create an environment for God to dwell. Because let's be honest, creating an environment for God to dwell requires a lot from you. It requires discipline. It requires decisiveness. It requires consistency. And a lot of people get shyed. Let's be honest. Consistency, yes, shyer, guys. Consistency is the one thing that has us here by, by, the, by the neck, spamming a washing, and that's how the devil gets us. He knows you're not going to be consistent, so he keeps you in a cycle. She gets excited. She's going to go to church. She's going to get hyped. She's going to pray every now and again. Then she's going to get tired. Yeah, let's just, let's, let's bring one minor inconvenience. She's going to get tired. She's going to start praying. Then we can end. You stop creating an environment for the spirit to dwell. The devil comes in. Listen, I'm not one to give power to the devil because he's a defeated foe. I don't even care for him, but I know that he has a mission and a mandate, okay? And his mission and his mandate, his job description is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you create an environment for him to do that, what, what would God do? 
oh i feel like there's demonic what part in my life there's just oppression and da 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 what environment are you creating Ooh. what environment are you creating child of god what environment are you creating are you creating an environment that's conducive for the things of god or is the environment you're creating you're like no either or when I feel like it, it can be there. Sometimes it's an environment for astrology. Sometimes I'm a Taurus and sometimes I'm a Christian. Sometimes I'm a Scorpio and sometimes I'm a Christian. Sometimes I'm a... What environment are you creating? I don't know. It seems like God is just tired. I don't know. I don't know. He's just tired of just the in-between. He's tired of the, the in-between. He's tired of the lukewarm. He's tired of the... Can we make a decision and keep it moving? Okay? So let's get back on point to the descending. When we create a conducive environment, when we study the word consistently and regularly, when we seek him diligently, when we pray, we fellowship, we, we, we fellowship with other believers, we do the things that are in the word of God. We are creating an environment, an environment where God reigns. And remember where God reigns, the enemy cannot infiltrate. The Bible tells us in Colossians that we are hidden in Christ. Do you understand? You are hidden in Christ. If you keep doing the things and perpetuating the behaviors that create an environment for the spirit to remain in you and to dwell in you, the devil can't do nothing to you because he's, he's there on the outside. He, can hate, he can't hate from inside because he's outside the club. He's trying the weapons, he's forming the weapons, but they're not going to prosper because you're hidden in God. I hope this is making sense to someone. See, righteousness, as I said earlier, was the environment that Jesus created for the presence to come and dwell. Obedience, another example, was the environment that King David created and the Spirit of God descended upon him. On the parallel, King Saul, he sowed a seed of disobedience and as a result, the Spirit of God left him. Does that make, do you see what I mean? King Saul started doing things that God told him not to do. He disobeyed and he sowed a seed of disobedience and as a result, the Spirit of God left him. The Spirit of God left him and it descended upon David, who was an obedient child. I hope this is making sense to someone. Number two, number point number two, it says in verse nine, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend. We spoke about descending. Point number two was that it would stand at the doorway. And I want to break this down for you quickly, what it means for it to stand at the doorway. Now, God can do anything. We know this. Nothing is too hard for our God. I was wondering as I was reading, I'm like, God, why not have the cloud be inside the tent with Moses? Because Moses is inside the tent. And God said, because I wanted to show off. I said, you better show out, God. <laughs> he said, because I wanted to show off and show out. And that's a theme. God finna show off and show out with his children who create an environment for him to dwell. Listen to this. Listen to this. He could have compressed it, kept it hidden, but he made sure that it was at the door of the tent of meeting. And when you read verse 8, it says that whenever the cloud was at the door of the tent of meeting, then the nation of Israel would come outside and look at what Moses was doing as he entered the tent of meeting. Child of God, when you consistently create an environment for the Spirit of God to dwell upon you, people have no choice but to come out and look. God will do things in your life. His presence will be so manifest in your life. His presence will be so visible in your life that people will come and look. 
Yay, what's going on here? Because all you did was in the secret place, in your own tent, you created an environment for God to dwell upon you. And your obedience to create an environment, it brings the presence and the presence brings the eyeballs of people. I preached on the Psalm 23 breakdown. He prepares a table before you in the presence of the enemies. In the presence being the key word. They must watch what God is doing in your life because when Moses goes into the tent of meeting <clears throat> and a cloud descends and a voice of God speaks, that's supernatural. Ooh, that's extraordinary. So, God, thank you. When we are faithful to create an environment for his presence to dwell, we will experience the supernatural and we will experience the extraordinary. And as a result of us experiencing the supernatural and the extraordinary in our natural lives, people have no choice but to watch. And as they watch, they have no choice but to rejoice and praise our God. Even if they don't believe, but because of the supernatural happening in our lives, the acceleration they have to be like, what is going on? Who is this? They look at you and they say, who are you? What, what's different about you? Why, why are you the way you are? And you say, it's God. It's God. And that's all it is. He says, be a light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. It's not about you. The big things that God is doing in my life is not about me. It's about him. Because when you see me, you must see God. Because I'm a visible representation of the invisible God at this point. As this is who we all should be. This is Bible in the book of John. It says, as he is in heaven, so are we on earth. Why are we not getting to that point? Because you're not creating an environment for the presence to dwell. You call yourself a Christian, but no one can see God in you. Okay, I'm done. No, I'm done. Thank you, Jesus. Last point. I said I was done, but last point. It says in verse 9. Last one, I'm sorry. It says in verse 9. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just so good. He says, Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the doorway. Point number 3. And the Lord would speak with Moses. See, when I read this part, I was like, Yes, God, you spoke to Moses. And he said, No, baby. I didn't speak to Moses. I spoke with Moses. I said, Jesus, what's the difference? He said, Because speaking with, it implies intimacy. I said, Ooh. He says, I didn't instruct. I wasn't going, ah. I wasn't, I was in intimate conversation because I know Moses and Moses knows me. My sheep know my voice. They hear it and they respond. There's intimacy. There's, there's oneness with me and God. God wants to speak with you. And a lot of you are experiencing a God who speaks to you, who instructs you and it feels so heavy and so burdensome because you're not creating an environment so that you can experience him intimately. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He desires relationship, not just any type, intimate, because he wants to speak with you. When someone speaks with you, it means there's a conversation happening. You're speaking and he's speaking. You're reasoning with God. You're telling him your, your hopes and your dreams. You're, you're, you're telling him your troubles. You're, 
You're telling him, it's hard, God. I'm tired, God. And he's saying, don't worry, my child. I've got you. Come to me. You are heavy laden and burdened. And I will give you rest. God, I'm scared. I'm anxious. He says, bring all your anxieties to me. Throw all your burdens for I care. It becomes conversational. It becomes intimate. And all it requires is that you create an environment for him to dwell. Could it be that you're not experiencing intimacy because you're not creating the right environment for intimacy? There's, there's a place, there's a space, there's a time for a certain type of intimacy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I must stop there. But I just want you to, I just want you to know that this is how you win at spiritual growth. This is how you, this is how you win at spiritual growth. This is how you become who God's called you to be. This is how you become an ambassador of the kingdom of God. This is how we bring the will of heaven, the will of God, the culture of God and the culture of heaven down to earth is when we create an environment for God to be intimate and to pour out his heart. Mm, I'm going to do a part two of this. I have to, Jesus. Ah, No, don't do me like that, God. I wasn't planning on it. I just, you know, when the Holy Spirit just grabs you and you just say something and you're like, no. <laughs> but anyway, guys, that's all. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this word. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you desire us so much that you would tell us exactly how to get it done. There's no guesswork. There's no, God, you've taken the guesswork out of it. You're giving us the keys. You're telling us how to do it because you want to see us succeed at our spiritual lives. You want us to be intimate with you. You want us to be in, in proximity with you. So you give us the keys necessary. I pray that everyone listening is just released and delivered from the bondage of religious mindset and that they release from the bondage of thinking that I don't know what they've been thinking God but now you've released them from whatever it is that hasn't been working now you're giving them what will work give them the courage to implement this give them the courage to fight their flesh when their flesh doesn't want to do what needs to be done give them the courage father God to create the environment because it's going to be hard for some of them Give them the ability, the wisdom, and the grace to create an environment for you to dwell. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I love you guys so much. Thank you for taking a listen. If you made it this far, you're a G. <laughs> you are an absolute G. I'm going to see some of you if you've registered for the Abide in the Morning sessions. I'll see you guys on Monday the 7th. But from myself, Misha Solanga, all my love. <laughs>